1: Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. I drive,
2: center field, hit the wall, grand slam. This is magnificent. Got a fantasy
1: question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now here's Frank,
0: Scott, Chris, and Adam. For years, I have tried to tell everybody to do what? Draft. Joe Musgrove draft Joe Musgrove. Welcome into fantasy baseball today. Out. Frank Stanfield joined by Scott White and Chris Towers here to recap a long weekend. We have waiver wire ads all over the place. Closer situations to update you on hitters, pitchers, velocity checks, and so much more. Guys, we did it. Joe Musgrove, the GOAT. How are you feeling? It was a
1: great start. <laughs> really good. It is off to a really good start this season. Three okay. base runners allowed, I think, right? Uh, well, if you're excluding hit-by-pitches, because that's why it was That's why it was just a no-hitter and not a perfect game Honestly. on Friday. But yeah, um, three base runners for the whole season, zero earned runs, 18 strikeouts in 15 innings. And what was crazy about the no-hitter, there was a few things crazy about the no-hitter, but I think... Something like 31 of his 113 pitches, only 31 were over 90 miles per hour. He went really secondary heavy. A lot of sliders and cutters and uh, I, what else? I guess change-up so he also throws, right? It was
0: uh, slider, cutter, and curve that I saw accounted for 80% of his pitches on Friday. So we'll get things started. He's obviously my oh my goodness gracious player of the weekend. Oh
2: my goodness gracious!
0: The only blemish, of course, that hit by pitch. uh, He had 10 strikeouts in the no-hitter Joe Musgrove is who we're talking about. 15 whiffs on 112 pitches. And I tweeted this out Saturday after the game. And I think that what you're seeing with his usage of breaking pitches is very highly influenced from his teammates. Yu Darvish and Victor Caratini, because that was pivotal in in turning Yu Darvish's career around when he was kind of lost back in the middle of 2019. Uh, And Caratini has been his personal catcher. Caratini has actually caught the last two no hitters in baseball. Joe Musgroves on Friday and Alec Mills last year, which is just hilarious. But um, yeah, I think that's by design. I think using more breaking pitches is, is something that they're consciously doing and and we've said this for years right I mean it's he's not the only one who leaves Pittsburgh starts using other breaking pitches and and becomes awesome so look is he going to be this great every time out obviously not but uh, I think for years we've noted what the upside could could be for Joe Musgrove honestly the guy just really needs to stay healthy I think that's probably the biggest key uh, because he has missed quite some time throughout the years for Joe Musgrove Chris would you look to sell high
2: on him right now because I, I feel like that's a Pretty easy question right now that a lot of people have. I mean, you know, he's only ninth in XERA right now. So he's, you know, very clearly overperforming. I don't think this is sustainable. Um, You know, he's behind Jacob Junis. So is he even that good, really?
0: Well, Scott Uh, likes Jacob Junis, so.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Would I sell high on Joe Musgrove? I mean, if someone wanted to give me like a top 20 pitcher, sure. Uh, But. In the leagues I'm in, I'm definitely not actively looking to trade him because, you know, as good as he was, I don't think he's going to sustain anything like this. Um, I think he's going to be better than he was last season, but I thought that before the season. That's why I I had him ranked higher than he's ever finished. Um, But, you know, uh, there are a lot of pitchers off to good starts who I'd rather try to sell high on instead of him. Well, Chris, let me ask you about. Your guy
0: Ian Anderson, you were very excited about him, and I think you had him ranked higher than Joe Musgrove coming into the year. Uh, I'll marry two Braves pitchers together here. Would you trade Musgrove for either Max Freed or Ian Anderson?
2: I would rather have Musgrove than Max Freed. I think at this point. Well, so my current rankings, I have Musgrove six spots behind Max Freed, and that was before the no hitter. Uh, Freed has he hasn't looked great, but he hasn't looked awful, and like in terms of like. The process hasn't been awful. I think he had one really bad start. I would still rather have Ian Anderson, but um, I'm definitely, you know, second guessing it right now, and especially because you know Musgrove just threw what, 115 pitches, one twelve. Um, yeah, I'm not sure Ian Anderson's going to throw nearly as many innings as him, which you know could be a good enough tiebreaker there. Yeah, no, I think well
0: said, Chris. If you can get a top 20 starting pitcher in return for him, if someone's just you know, as crazy about Joe Musgrove as I am. Maybe you can sell high there. But uh, outside of that, I think he's going to be awesome. He just needs to stay healthy. Scott, oh my goodness gracious, from the weekend.
1: Oh my goodness gracious. How do I even narrow it down, Frank? Uh, I think it'd probably have to be Tyler Naquin, who continues to hit the crap out of the ball. (laughs) Whoa. If that ball had crap in it, it would no longer be in it because Naquin hit it out. FBT Uh, after dark here. (laughs) Potty mouth Scott. Well, what I mean by that is, like, his ex-slug right now, so he has five home runs and 31 at-bats. He keeps getting to start. Uh, You know, Jesse Winker's been out of the lineup for different things. He returned one day, and Naquin still got to play. Nick Senzel sat instead. So, um, at the very least, he's part of an outfield rotation now for the Reds for however long he keeps this going, I assume. His ex-slug is 9.58. (laughs) That's the quality of contact he's made. Expect him to have a slugging percentage higher than the one he actually has. 9.58. Tyler Naquin's been around a while. Obviously, he hasn't really been a fantasy asset since his rookie season when he stood out mostly for his on-base skills. But, um, you know, he had a good spring and... Like I said, he's genuinely hitting the ball very hard. Everybody should be skeptical of this. But I think it's at the point now where you kind of just got to pick him up and see where it goes because stranger things have happened than somebody Tyler Naquin's caliber becoming uh, a genuine asset in fantasy. Like I said, he has on-base skills. He has stolen a base already. So, you know, sprint speed 81 percentile, maybe he can do some of that too. You you know, I I wonder how they're going to make him fit long term because I don't think they're giving up on Jesse Winker. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know, but life finds a way, as they say. Winker and Senzel both don't have a great health history. Maybe somebody can play first base if Joey Votto doesn't get it going, at least occasionally, I don't know.
0: Yeah, Naquin, yeah, I think
1: it's, I think we're at the point where you got to take a flyer on Naquin.
0: Yeah, he's far and away the most added player in CBS right now, and he's up to sixty six percent rostered. And I play in a fifteen team league where he went for one hundred and eighty seven dollars out of a thousand dollar fab budget. Scott, I know that you just won him for around sixteen or
2: seventeen percent of your fab budget.
1: Yeah, one sixty seven in a fifteen team league. Yeah, in a fifteen team league,
2: <laughs> that is the distinction I would draw. You know, you said you guys just pick him up and see. If it's Mm -hmm. just a pickup league, I I think, yeah, I I would definitely try to get him. If it's fab and I need to spend 15% of my budget on him, I don't think it's likely enough that Tyler Naquin becomes enough of an impact bat to make that, to justify that when, you know, in so many leagues I'm trying to track down stolen bases or saves, especially. Um, And, you know, a lot of saves guys are going for even, you know, more. Right. So you really have to spend.
1: I don't want to pay for the saves guys as part of it. Like people in those 15 team leagues where obviously waiver wire is scarce, people were spending comparable amounts on Lou Trevino and Corey Knebel, neither one of which is confirmed to be a closer. So, like, meanwhile, I got Yimi Garcia, somebody I got in one of those 15 team leagues for $6 last week. And today, who was I going after? Uh, The former. Hansel Robles, Hansel Robles, because Alex Colome uh, blew the save pretty badly today. I picked up Robles for four dollars, so I'm I'm trying to. When it's just prospective saves, anyway, as a even Julian Merriweather, even last week when people were spending like three hundred dollars on him, that yeah. was not a confirmed closer. That was just a hopeful closer, and like that's yeah. not. There are plenty of hopeful closers there, other than the one who's on the tip of your tongue for the week. So. Yeah. I feel like in a 15-team league, it's rare to find a hitter who's actually demonstrating the ability to be a real asset for you, as opposed to just like a, you know, like a category specialist or something. Um, so, you know, maybe it ends up being a waste of 150 or so dollars for what it's worth in a 12-team league where there's where the waiver wire isn't as scarce. I got an Aikwin for six dollars out of a hundred. Yeah. So that that yeah, that's was more fine. reasonable, but that's less competition too.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. If you're you're in a 12 team league, whether it's three or five outfielders, you just want to take a shot, five to seven percent of your fab budget. And obviously in those deeper leagues, you could be a little bit more aggressive. Uh, it's a small sample size thus far. Um I was looking up, yeah, Nate when entering this this season, he had a seven sixty-six career OPS, and that was over a thousand plate appearances. So look, crazier things have happened. You're right, Scott. It's like Max Muncie a couple of years ago broke out. You know, change teams mid-career, um, and we didn't really expect that either. So we'll see what yeah. happens with Naquin, but definitely one of the uh, one of the hotter players in baseball. Chris, oh my goodness gracious! From the weekend,
2: well, you know I'm a homer, so I'll go with my guy Trevor Rogers, oh, yeah. who uh, outdueled Jacob Degrom. By which I mean Jacob Degrom's teammates let him lose another game in which he pitched incredibly, uh, but Trevor Rogers was amazing. On Saturday against the Mets, 10 strikeouts over six innings, three hits allowed, two walks. Uh, He is, you know, legitimately one of the hardest throwing lefty starters in baseball right now, 95.5 miles per hour uh, through two starts. He was at 93.6 last season. His slider looks excellent, his changeup looks really good. He, you know, I, I have questions about how many innings he'll throw and how deep he'll go into games consistently. You know, he went six innings in this one, but I think he... You know, I'm not even sure he got to 90 pitches.
0: 82.
2: Yeah, and which speaks to how well he pitched. And he pitched a lot better than his numbers in the first start as well. It was really just one bad inning. But yeah, he's... Uh, how, how rostered is he right now? He should be 100%. It's <laughs> um, 69% on CBS. Nice. Yeah, he should be 100%. And, you know, when we're talking about there's a ton of lefties who look really good right now. Uh, Steven Matz had another solid. It was was a pretty good start, right? Second one? Yep. Six innings, one run ball, four strikeouts. It was good. I don't think we've seen Carlos Rodon make a second start yet.
1: Not yet. Um, No, I think it got pushed back. He's a two-star pitcher for this upcoming week now. He was supposed to be for this past week.
2: Andrew Heaney was dominant (laughs) in his second start. So there's a lot of interesting. You say Kikuchi's still out there. I don't know if Rogers is at the top of that list because I really like Kikuchi and he's looked great so far, but uh, he's certainly in the discussion. And if he's available on your on your league, uh, I think you need to go, you know, make sure you get him because he he has the makings of a true impact pitcher.
1: Rogers, is, it would be top of list for me. Yeah, me too. Any any pitcher who's you know, has some amount of availability. Rogers with that strikeout potential, the improved velocity, the better breaking ball. I mean, it's yeah. just, it just looks like he could be in, have a huge breakout in store.
2: He has everything you want from a pitcher, except innings and, you know, any kind of help around him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he got more help than Jacob deGrom did, which is just hilarious.
0: Uh, I plan to move Trevor Rogers up to SP 56 in my rankings, which would be, just ahead of Zach Eflin, Drew Smiley, and Jamison Tyone. So I am pretty excited about Trevor Rogers. I did have a stat on DeGrom that I did not actually find myself. It was the Ace of Spader, Ryan Spader on Twitter, tweeted this out over the weekend. And uh, it was, DeGrom has a 1.76 ERA and 33 no decisions over the last four seasons, which is just embarrassing, man. Like, I am baffled by it it's eight, eight innings of one run ball 14 strikeouts for degrom 27 whiffs on 95 pitches the guy takes a loss
1: yeah. it's, crazy. Eight, <laughs> it's just crazy eight innings especially <laughs> he handled it's that much of it himself
2: wild. how about this one the marlins are two and six and their starters have a 2.01 era with 49 strikeouts and 40 innings or something like that oh gosh
0: <laughs> i blame
2: brian anderson come on man you got to get it going it's been it's been awful watching them, except for this like the first five innings are really fun.
0: Before we get to news and notes, the Champions League is down to eight teams, and after this week, that number will be cut in half following the second leg of the quarterfinal stage. If you haven't already, make the K golazzo podcast your audio outlet for complete UCL coverage before and after the biggest matches, including PSG versus Bayern Munich and Liverpool versus Real Madrid. Follow K Golazzo for premier picks and immediate recaps of all the action. Download anywhere you find this podcast. News and notes per Kevin Ac, who covers the Padres. Fernando Tatis Jr. finished another full pregame workout on the field Sunday. He fielded and he hit. And it continues to look like he'll be able to make it back after just 10 days. Yes. Nom,
2: nom, nom, nom.
0: I have started marinating my hat for all of you that have been asking me. Uh, <laughs> was yes, it the Rangers hat? It was the Rangers
2: hat. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a good looking hat. I'm going to miss it. It's a
0: pretty good looking hat, man. Um, I, I also think that this is a very bad decision by the Padres. But who am I? I'm not a doctor. So
2: yeah, it doesn't matter. you know, someone someone wrote in to the to the show and, and said, you know, they, they were a baseball player. They had a similar injury and. You know, I guess the fact that it's his left shoulder, you know, does make it a little less of a concern because it would mostly be an issue while throwing. So, you know, if he can wear a brace while hitting and, you know, deal with the pain, maybe he can get through it. But obviously, if he slides wrong, I think the injury initially happened uh, playing defense in spring training. So there's definitely some risk there. But I don't know. It it could be a a huge uh, dodged bullet. Definitely could. We'll find
0: out with Fernando Tatis. The Padres' fifth starter will stick in San Diego. Adrian Morejon left Sunday's start with a left forearm slash elbow strain, which is obviously terrible news. Uh, How to replace him? Well, Denelson LeMet is getting closer, so that could be an option. Ryan Weathers is a swing man who has been pretty good out of the bullpen so far, and he made 29 starts in the minors. And then there's the top pitching prospect in all of baseball, Mackenzie Gore, who is rostered in 46% of CBS leagues. Scott, is it time to add
1: Gore? I would guess now is not the time he gets called up. No, because of the factors you mentioned. I I think they probably just plug in Ryan Weathers. Gore didn't exactly light it up this spring. He still had some issues with walks, and that was a problem for him at the alternate training site last year, so it has been reported. Maybe he's turned it around in... uh, Extended spring training and and they're ready to go with them. It's it's possible. I just think you know, especially given all the other exciting, interesting pitcher pickups. I, I just I don't think I could make room for Gore right now in many leagues. In the hope that this is his time.
0: Christian Yelich left Sunday's game due to back soreness. He's dealt with these back injuries on and off for the past couple of years, so maybe that's what's been hampering him. I, I think he did steal two bases over the season. So uh, over the weekend, monitor that for your weekly leagues on Monday to see how Yelich is doing. Colton Wong was placed on the IL with that left oblique strain that he re-aggravated last week. Uh, Jace Peterson started the last two games at second base for the Brewers. He does have some speed for those in the deepest of leagues. Domingo Herman was optioned to the Yankees alternate training site after another disappointing start on Saturday. But before you go add Devi Garcia, which I uh, you know, preemptively... Tweeted out. I was excited about. Uh, Aaron Boone said that Herman is still the team's fifth starter. They just
2: needed to get an extra arm in the bullpen. Chris, we were talking beforehand. You said you'd be alright dropping Domingo Herman. Yeah, I mean, even when he was good in 2019, it's not like he was that good. You know, a big part of his season was the fact that he got. Did he get to 18 wins in that season? Yeah. Um. You know, he had like a 3.94 ERA and and peripherals in that range. So I don't think he's like this huge difference maker. So, yeah, I'm perfectly fine dropping him And it. You know, the one thing that I do wonder is, like, given the fact that he was suspended for a whole season uh, due to a domestic violence incident, given the fact that there seemed to be several times this spring when he, like, threatened to quit playing baseball, it seemed. um, I I wonder if they just won't have a ton of patience with him.
0: Dexter Fowler has a torn ACL. He's now with the Angels, and Juan Lagares has started in right field each of the past two days. Chris, would you look to stash Joe Adele with this news of Dexter Fowler?
2: No, I wouldn't, but that's because I'm pretty much stashing him in all my leagues already. So I am hoping he gets called up relatively soon. I wouldn't say he's a must add, but I would hope he gets the call sooner than later. Uh, he had a pretty good spring. You know, obviously last season he looked overmatched. It's it's worth remembering that. He's only played something like 200 games as a professional. So, you know, the fact that he made the majors that quickly with that little experience, like, it's not surprising that he struggled. Joe Adele, 31% rostered in CBS leagues right
0: now. Obviously, much better in Roto or Headset Categories leagues because he is going to strike out quite a bit. Tyler O'Neill was placed on the IL for the Cardinals with a right groin strain. Lane Thomas. Has been recalled, Lane Thomas and Austin Dean were both in the lineup Sunday for the Cardinals. Julio Tehran was placed on the 60-day IL with a right shoulder strain. Michael Michael Fulmer will replace Tehran in the rotation. And I know Fulmer was like really bad last year, but, but, seven innings pitched this season, two earned runs, 10 strikeouts, zero walks, is a 13% swinging strike rate so far. His fastball velocity is back up to 95 miles per hour where he was at earlier in his career when he won the American League Rookie of the Year, Way way back when, I think it was 2017 or 2018. Um, he's only four percent rostered. Michael Fulmer, Scott. I, is there anything here, or am I just my grasping at straws?
1: I think there might be something there. I'm yes reluctant to talk about it because I'm trying to work out a deal in the Dynasty League that would involve <laughs> me getting Michael Fulmer. But I I have a hunch he's so basically toward the end of spring training they moved to the bullpen and suddenly he. Regained the velocity he hadn't shown since Tommy John's surgery that caused him to get walloped every time he pitched, and uh, I don't know, just something about that sh- those shorter stints had him uh, airing it out more, and like they've they've been building him back up since then, and he's maintained the velocity, and and like the break on his sliders look great. He's been getting swings and misses, like you said, Frank. He went four innings in his most recent. Uh, relief appearance and the velocity was fine, and he got—I think he allowed one hit in those four innings. So, there, there may be something there for Michael Fulmer still. Do you have Fulmer on your dynasty league team? I did. Oh, you traded him already? No, I dropped him. Oh, and, oh. And somebody else picked him up. I, I dropped him, hoping to pick him up again, uh, but somebody beat me to it. What am I doing? <clears throat> I should have
0: been. I used to love Fulmer too. It's. A long, long time ago. Um no,
2: Frank, what's your what's your team name in that league? That would be Nando's mustache. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh if it doesn't work out for Michael Former, there's a chance that prospect Matt Manning could be waiting in the wings. So I don't think you need to stash Manning now, but obviously remember the name. Miguel Cabrera was placed on the IL with a left bicep strain. Renato Nunez, former Baltimore Oriole, was recover uh, was recalled and in the lineup Sunday. For the Tigers, he was batting cleanup and he was at DH. Jonathan Scope was playing first base for the team. Sonny Gray threw a simulated game Saturday and is expected to join the Reds rotation next week. Lourdes Gurriel and Teoscar Hernandez were both placed on the COVID IL for the Blue Jays. Gurriel was dealing with side effects from the vaccine, and Teoscar Hernandez was a close contact with someone who tested positive. Uh, Chris Archer landed on the 10-day IL with right forearm soreness, soreness with the Rays, and Brent Honeywell was recalled, made his Major League debut on Sunday for Tampa. Two perfect innings with two strikeouts, four whiffs on 21 pitches. He averaged 94 miles per hour with his fastball. It's just a great moment for Honeywell, who has had four elbow surgeries, so really trying to make something out of his career. Scott, another... Deep league name, like Fulmer. Brent Honeywell, anything here?
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe. He was he was one of the best pitching prospects in baseball before the series of elbow surgeries. I mean, it seems like it's going to have to build up from two innings here. He threw only 21 pitches, but he looked good. So, um, yeah, I, I think we're talking pretty deep leagues for both him and Fulmer. Oh, yeah. But I, there's there's upside for both, I would say.
0: We had a lot of bullpen news over the weekend, so let's hit this earlier than we normally get to the pen. But uh, Lou Trevino, you mentioned the name, Scott, could see the bulk of the save chances for the Oakland A's. Jake Diekman was used in a ninth inning Friday with the score 6-1 to one at the time. Uh, he proceeded to allow one run to score. Bob Melvin had this to say about Trevino, quote, if we can keep moving forward with Lou, he gives us an option to close as well. He's pitched really well for us. We've seen what he can accomplish when he's feeling good. And then there were the Dodgers. So this is interesting because Corey Knebel picked up the save on Friday. uh, And he got a save earlier in the season back on April 4th. And Dave Roberts said he didn't want to use Jansen for a third time in four days on Friday. Of course, Kelly Jansen went out and picked up the save on Sunday with Corey Knebel pitching in the 7th and Blake Trinan pitching in the 8th. But Dave Roberts did say this after Friday's game. Quote, I think we're just in a really good spot whether it's Victor Gonzalez for a certain run Corey or Blake Trinan I feel good about any one of those guys outside of Kenley so I thought that was interesting um, so between those two Chris I mean I think it's still Kenley Johnson's job for now Canable looks awesome do you have any feel for that and what's going on with the Oakland A's right now
2: yeah, Canable does look really, really good. He's throwing his curveball a ton and getting a lot of whiffs with it. Um, he kind of looks like the guy he used to be in Milwaukee. I think his velocity is pretty much all the way back. But I feel like we're like on year four or five of this is the year Kenley Jansen's gonna lose his job, and then it never actually happens. And then like in the playoffs, they'll go away for him for like three outings, and we'll be like, next year is the year Kenley Jansen loses his job. And maybe
1: yeah, it'll happen, but maybe. I feel like this is the best alternative they've had during. Uh, (laughs) They've had some pretty good guys. Yeah. Um, Who? I mean, Blake Trinan has been there for a couple of years now, but he hasn't been the guy (laughs) like he he hasn't been. He hasn't been the guy who would be closing for most any other team during his time with the Dodgers. He's been
2: right. But I I would say
1: middle relief capable
2: three innings into last season. We might've thought he was that guy. So, like, let's not, you know, I'm not you know ready to stay Corey a. Is, is, uh,
1: what's that? I think Corey Knebel if he's back, is better than Kenley Jansen. That's what it really comes down to. And, I mean, between spring training and the regular season, Corey Knebel looks back. So, we'll see. Yeah. Obviously, <coughs> tomorrow I expect Kenley Jansen to get the save opportunity for the Dodgers, but, like. There might, there may be something here. If you're, if you're in a league where you have to speculate on saves, I can understand. Yeah. Make it a play for Knebel, not a $150 play. Like we saw on some of those.
2: Yeah. I, I think I put like a $68 bid in him in, in NFC and I didn't get him. Um, I think I got him for 91 in Taut Wars so, you know, it's definitely worth speculating, especially, you know, in Tower wars, it's a little different because it is saves plus holds for me. So, you know, he'll have value either way. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't bet on Kenley Jansen not being the closer moving forward.
0: Yeah, I would say he gets the next save opportunity. But look, if he falters the way that um, Knebel has looked so far, it's been really good. Uh, Scott, just give me a name. Who leads the Oakland A's in saves this season?
1: I'm going to guess Deekman. All right. But I, I think they're splitting saves for right now.
0: Cleveland. Chris, looking good. It's a good time to be Chris Towers. Byron Buxton crushing baseballs. <laughs> Emmanuel Class A picked up the save on Friday, also picked up the save on Sunday with Nick Wickren pitching in the seventh and James Karenczak pitching in the eighth. Emmanuel Class A is 37% rostered. In a shallower league, he's available, Chris. So, say so you're in a 12 team category roto league, how much fab would you spend on Emmanuel Class A?
2: Uh, I, I think he's probably the top guy if he's available in any leagues. Um, Because I think he's an elite reliever or is likely to be an elite reliever. And I think he's the closer. I I don't think there's any question about it. You know, if he loses the job, that's one thing. But um, they seem to prefer Karen Chak in a, you know, more flexible role. And and Class A has basically been the closer. I think Whitgren had one save, um, but I don't think at this point, Whitgren is real competition.
0: For the Reds on Friday, I'm just going to go through every team from the weekend. Uh, Lucas Sims allowed a game-tying home run in the 8th, and then Amir Garrick got the save in the 10th. On Saturday, Yemi Garcia, who we mentioned earlier, picked up the save. He did not allow any base runners. Yemi Garcia is 27% rostered. Scott, you mentioned you picked him up last week. If he's available now, how much fab would you spend on, on Yemi Garcia? And do you think he's the closer?
1: All right, so let's recalibrate here because we keep talking about 15 teams and $1,000 budgets, and I'm sure most people play in 12-team leagues with $100 budgets, so... We just divide by 10. You know, there was was Alex Reyes out there in some of my leagues. There was Class A, there was Yemi Garcia, and I was probably ranking them in that order. Reyes, uh, Class A, and then Garcia. And then, you know, there was some like Ian Kennedy and stuff and Cesar Valdez. They were lower, obviously. Fallbacks, if I couldn't win those other guys, um, it was you know five to ten percent of my fab budget probably for the for the top guys there race and in class A. Um, they both they both see. I, I feel like they're both solidly in the job, and really Jake McGee was out there too. I'd put him in that same amazingly. <laughs> Gabe Kapler has been like the most consistent about using one guy in the ninth this year. And it's been Jake McGee. So if he's out there, he'd be up there too. Um, you know, every closer's a bad week away from losing their job. And uh, I don't think any of them are immune from that, but I do think, I do think they seem pretty solid in the role right now.
2: That's why I'd put class a above Reyes and McGee, if they were all available, just because I think he's the best pitcher
1: of the three. I'm curious, and you're not the only one who says that, and I understand, like, I see the gifs. It looks like a great, but, like, he's never been a good strikeout pitcher, Class A has, it, at any level, and maybe yeah. that changes this year. He he starts becoming more of a bat-misser, but I, I've always seen him as somebody who has, like, that Fausto carmona syndrome, which I know wasn't his real name, but it's the only name anybody remembers, uh, where <laughs> hard fastball, lots of sink, it makes your eyebrows rise when you see it but like ultimately it's not missing bats like you expected to.
2: Yeah but he's been like ever since he switched to being a reliever full time in 2018 he had a 064 ERA 282 between AA and, and high A 231 in the majors in 2019 didn't pitch last season was suspended for a performance enhancing drug I believe Um, doesn't have like you said yeah doesn't have the huge strikeout numbers that you would necessarily expect but He's um, he's just been so hard to hit that I don't know how much it matters. You know, like I, re- you'd rather have a closer who could strike out 110 guys in 65 innings, but I think he's about as good as a pitcher can be without having that potential.
0: For the Twins over the weekend, mentioned Alex Colomay. He pitched in the eighth on um, on Saturday, and he allowed two hits and a run to score. That was in a tie game. And then on Sunday, Calame came in in the ninth with a one run lead and he allowed four hits and three runs. Scott mentioned Hansel Robles is the name he's been looking at in deeper leagues. Obviously, Taylor Rogers is still there as well. Uh, Jake McGee picked up his fourth save of the season. Oddly enough, the teams that we were probably worried about the most, the Giants and the Rays, have been the most consistent about just using Jake McGee and Diego Castillo, uh, respectively, which is just baseball. Uh, the Orioles... Cesar Valdez blew a save in a one-run game on Saturday. Matt Barnes pitched in a clean ninth with the game tied. He struck out two. I believe the Red Sox don't have a save yet, but if they do, I imagine it would be uh, Matt Barnes who gets the opportunity there. Will Smith picked up the save for the Braves on Saturday and then on Sunday Night Baseball, he allowed a very questionable run to score on a short sacrifice fly in a tie game, and he took the loss there for the Pirates on Sunday Sunday. David Bednar pitched in the ninth with the Pirates up nine to one. I don't know if that matters, but something I noticed. The Mariners, Rafael Montero had a clean save on Sunday for the Royals. Jesse Hahn entered in the eighth. In a one run game, he allowed a two run homer and he walked two. Greg Holland then relieved pitchy, uh, Jesse Hahn and he pitched two scoreless innings and perhaps bought himself some lease. So
1: I really don't know what's going on with the Royals right now. Uh, that's the bullpen I really can't figure out is the yeah. Royals. Like Mike Matheny doesn't seem to have any any roles for any of those guys. And, and that, like Kyle Zimmerman, who got the save in extra innings, has probably like, been the best this year so far. Maybe Kyle Zimmer enters the picture. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't know? I don't know. For the White Sox, yeah. Liam Hendricks, the number one closer right coming into the season. Boom. A lot of game-tying solo home run to Carlos Santana. The Red Sox, are they back, man? J.D. Martinez, should mention mentioned this earlier, but... um. He- Kind of looks like J.D. Martinez. He went four for six on Sunday with three home runs. He's now up to five homers. A triple dong in a game. Five homers now, 16 RBI for J.D. Martinez. Rafael Devers, remember last week, Worryometer, blah, 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 blah. Gets off to a slow start. Well, you go into Camden Yards, of course, that's going to help you. He hits four home runs over the season. Chris, is J.D. Martinez back?
2: Yeah, J.D. Martinez is outperforming his ex-WOBA by the second most of any player in baseball. He's only... 17th in ex Woba. So clearly, like uh, our guy, Joe Musgrove, performing way over his head. Yeah, I think JD Martinez is probably back. I think there's still some risk that he's, that he like either suffers an injury or the bat slows down at some point. He can't keep up, you know, at his age. But I don't know. It seems like the I couldn't watch in game video last season and I struggled because of it. I rely on it heavily. You know, it seems like that injury, that excuse. Uh, may have some some validity because he's been really good. The underlying numbers back it up, and he has an extremely long track record of being one of the best hitters in baseball, and he had two bad months. Yeah, so. back in
0: 2019, J.D. Martinez was a top 20 hitter in both head-to-head points and in Roto, and that's without stealing. And that was a in- down season. Yeah, and that's uh, those are without steals, obviously, just. He could be one of the best four-category contributors as long as he's healthy and has that in-game video. Scott, would you be looking to sell high on J.D. Martinez right now or just reap all of the rewards of where you got him in the draft?
1: I'd just reap the rewards. and I mean, I think there's a very good chance he's better than anybody you'd be trading him for, so why why mess with a good thing?
0: There you go. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Hey FBT listeners! March Madness in the Masters may be over, but the sports calendar never sleeps. There's the NHL trade deadline, daily NBA, NHL, and MLB action, the RBC Heritage Tournament, NFL draft news, plus the UEFA quarterfinals. And CBS Sports HQ is your home for all of it. CBS Sports HQ is the only sports news streaming service that's completely free. How do you watch CBS Sports HQ? It's easy. It's available for free on your computer, your mobile device, or your connected TV via the CBS Sports apps. If you're more of a YouTube person, subscribe to the CBS Sports HQ on YouTube for all of the latest sports news videos on demand. But personally, I never miss a big story in sports because I turn it on first thing in the morning and leave it on all day while I'm working. And I'll leave you with this. If you're a sports news junkie like me, no sports network is faster with breaking news than CBS Sports Network. HQ. If you're watching on the video side, don't go anywhere. If you are listening to the audio podcast, we're going to take a quick break. But when we return, we're going to hit the waiver wire here on Fantasy Baseball
1: Today. Take your business further with a smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month. Like transit, U.S. restaurants and gas stations.
0: And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's talk about some of those starting pitchers. We already mentioned Trevor Rogers up at the top, and rightfully so. He's been awesome so far. Steven Matz, we mentioned, was really good against the Angels over the weekend. Six innings of one-run ball with four strikeouts. Did only have five whiffs on 90 pitches. He's 76% rostered, so maybe it's only in shallower leagues that he's available. Sean Manaya was at the Houston Astros. Six innings of one-run ball with four strikeouts. His fastball velocity is up this year. Has a good matchup this week against the Tigers. Yusei Kikuchi has looked really good as well. Six innings of two-run ball, six strikeouts against the Twins. This weekend. Uh, and then Andrew Heaney, who we also mentioned, he was at the Blue Jays in Dunedin, Florida. Six shutout with nine strikeouts. Scott, of these names, Heaney, Kikuchi, Manaya, Matt... Rogers you already mentioned is at the top of the list, so we'll eliminate him. Matt, Manaya, Kikuchi, Heaney. Who are you looking to add most in shallower 10-12 to 12 le- team leagues if they're available?
1: Kikuchi would be number two. And... Honestly, I don't know that I care about any of the others that much. I mean, obviously, if I have a spot to play with, I'll take a chance on, uh, I guess, Manaya. if I had to go with the third guy because his velocity's way up this year. But I'm not... <laughs> Chris disappeared there for a second. Uh, yeah, I, I, I could live without Minaya, too. I, I, think, I think the two that I'd, I'd most clearly make a play for of the ones you mentioned are Rodgers and Kikuchi.
0: Would you guys be looking to drop either of Chris Paddock or Corey Kluber for any of the names that we just mentioned? And we could throw Trevor Rogers back in that bucket. Uh, Chris Paddock, he was okay over the weekend. Four innings, three runs. They only let him throw 71 pitches. Not really sure why. And Corey Kluber, the velocity's down. Typically a slow starter, but just really has not looked good. So
2: Paddock and Kluber, would you drop either or both? Kluber and Paddock are not in the same group for me. Uh, I would definitely drop Kluber for Kikuchi, for Rogers, probably for Mats. I think Kluber's, based on what we've seen so far, I think it's very unlikely he figures it out because the velocity is so down, you know, almost two miles per hour from the last time we saw him pitch, you know, in any real way. And the command has been really bad, G- dating back to spring training. I mean, he has. I want to see his four or five hit by pitch and like 10 walks in 20 something innings. Like he just has not had the command. And I just don't think his fastball has never been good. It might just be like borderline unusable now. So I'm cool dropping Kluber. He's outside of my top 60 right now. Paddock. Look, he plays the pirates this week. So no, I'm not (laughs) dropping him before he gets the pirates. His fastball is broken still. All the issues that he had with his fastball last season, with the spin efficiency, uh, the lack of rise—you know—he basically he's been throwing his four seamer like a two seamer, uh, going back to the beginning of 2020. And talked a lot about how he was fixing it. Talked a lot about how he had looked—you know—was embracing spin rate and all this stuff, and looking to to get that pitch back in the first two starts. It just hasn't been there. It's looked exactly the same as it did last season. And actually, I was looking at his numbers. Um, Based on like vertical movement, horizontal movement, and it looks even more like it's it's moving even more like a two seamer than it did last year. It's mo- it's moved so far in the opposite direction from where he wanted. So Paddock is just a one pitch pitcher, but he gets the Pirates this week. Let's see if he can figure it out. Scott,
1: I would drop Kluber for Rogers. Kluber and Paddock are both sits for me in leagues where I have them. But yeah, Rogers is still out. I drop. I I would always find somebody I can drop for Rogers if he's out there. Yeah, I moved Rogers into my top fifty just now.
2: So Mm -hmm. just riding that rocket ship. Be
0: aggressive. Be be aggressive, Chris. Which of these Giants do you like more? Logan Webb, who is still only thirty seven percent rostered. We talked about him quite a bit. He's looked kind of meh through his first two starts. And Johnny Cueto, with all his shimmying and and stutter movements on the mound, he's still really fun to watch. The guy has a rubber arm. They're just going to let him go. So he threw 118 pitches on Friday, Johnny Cueto did, against the Rockies, eight and two-thirds, one earned run, seven strikeouts. Uh, Cueto is going up against the Reds this week. He's 39% rostered. Webb is going up against the Marlins. He is 37% rostered, Scott. Which one do you like yep. more, Cueto or Webb?
1: Well, there, there were some leagues. I, I had Webb in a lot of leagues. There were some where I put in the move to drop him for Cueto. Now, there were other pitchers that I prioritized ahead of Cueto that I was dropping Webb for. But, you know, if you get far enough down into my transaction queue here, you will see me making that move. Just because, I mean, Webb hasn't shown enough... enough bat-missing ability for me to pass up that what looks to be a workload advantage like you were referring to. I mean, it it doesn't look like he's any better of a bat-misser than Cueto's been through two starts. And, you know, Webb has a history other than than what was happening in spring training with that changeup. The history would suggest that he doesn't deserve... uh, He doesn't deserve, you know, stashing when something else is interesting out there.
0: Chris, how about these names in deeper leagues? Any interests? Rich Hill, who over the weekend, six innings of four-run ball with seven strikeouts against the Yankees. He faces the Rangers this week. Mitch Keller, our old friend. He actually looked pretty good. He had 14 whiffs on 80 pitches against the Cubs this weekend. Joe Ross, five shutout against the Dodgers. Mike fulton I can't really figure this one out. Seven innings of one-run ball against the Padres, but he had four total whiffs, so... Not really sure what's up there with uh, Mike Fulton-Evich. Anthony DiScofani, who six shutout against the Rockies with eight strikeouts. Luke Weaver, seven shutout. Another one. Can't really figure this one out, but he had eight strikeouts. Weaver, DiScofani, Mike fulton Joe Ross, Mitch Keller, Rich Hill. Any interest in deeper leagues, Chris?
2: I'll always have interest in Mitch Keller. I still <laughs> believe in his talent. I'm stashing him in a couple leagues still. Um, but I might have dropped him in one of them, actually, or at least if I picked up the person I wanted on Fab, I will. Um, I think Disclifani is probably the second most interesting. It might be Weaver, although the fact that he was all fastball changeup today uh, was weird. But Disclafani, I mean, especially for week three or week two, if you played a long scoring period, uh, he's got Miami in Miami right now. I, I think that's a, a perfectly fine matchup for Anthony Disclafani. although I will point out Miami is one of, I think, five or six teams that has introduced a humidor this season. Um, I don't know if we've gotten confirmation on who all of the teams were, but Miami is one of them. And it has been speculated in the past that the introduction of a humidor in Miami would have the opposite effect of what it does in Coors Field because it's all about relative humidity. And so the balls may fly more in Miami. Um, for what it's worth, but I still think it's a maybe the best matchup in baseball, and I, I would still think Marlins Park is going to be a pitcher's park. So, um, I'd be fine streaming to Scalpani.
0: Scott, anything there? Rich Hill, Mitch Keller, Joe Ross, Mike Foltynewicz, T. Scalpani, and Weaver.
1: Yeah, I I feel like I need more data to see. If anything's really changing for Desclafani, But the Giants have a good track record of taking pitchers that everyone else has given up on. Kevin Gosman, Drew Smiley. And uh, turning them into something. So I'm, I'm intrigued by that. i have got to be intrigued by Weaver's start. One hit in seven innings, 17 whiffs on four on 94 pitches. As Chris said, like you basically ditched the cutter. Cutter's been a terrible pitch for him over the years. So maybe... Maybe it's for the best that he's only going with two pitches, but you do wonder if that's something he can really sustain and and be more than like a four-inning pitcher with that approach.
0: Are these pitchers droppable? Just give me a yay or nay. Tarek Skubel, 57% rostered. He allowed six runs at Cleveland.
1: Yay. Yep.
0: Jose Quintana as a sparp in a points league. He's just been dreadful. He's 32% yep. yay. rostered already. Yay. Trevor Williams... Got destroyed by the pirates. Twenty nine percent. Yay. Yep. Zach Davies also got destroyed by the pirates. He's seventy eight percent rostered.
2: You know, this is why when we you know we comp a lot of guys, we say, "Oh, this guy's got some Kyle Hendricks in him." There's only one Kyle Hendricks for a reason. It's true. And Zach Davies. You know, I know Kyle Hendricks. Zach Davies is no Kyle Hendricks.
1: So sure, yeah, I'd rather have Kikuchi
2: than him. I'd rather have Rogers than him.
1: I I would too. But it would, it would be difficult for me to drop Davies in a points league. If, it, if I had to to get one of those guys, sure. But I'd rather not do it.
0: Let's talk some waiver wire hitters. We already mentioned Tyler Naquin at the top. How about Eduardo Escobar? Is he back? He's now homered in four games. Four games in a row, rather. Including multiple hits in three straight. He is 52% rostered and was very bad last year. But back in 2019... He was a top five third baseman in points leagues. He was a top seven third baseman in Roto. Chris, do you think Eduardo Escobar is back?
2: Yeah, I don't think he's a top seven or top five guy at the position, but I, I, yeah, I think betting on last year being the outlier for a lot of guys is, is going to prove pretty, pretty useful. So, yeah, I'd bet on him being, you know, maybe not quite as good as he was in 2019 and 2018, but you know, fantasy relevant for sure. Scott, if you had to
0: take a shot on just one of these hitters, would you rather pick up Eduardo Escobar or Cedric Mullins who has a hit in every game this season and he has multiple hits in back-to-back games? He's 47% rostered on
1: CBS. Like I'm locked into them for the rest of the season. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I guess yeah, you that's Escobar. <laughs> have to
2: Add one of them right now.
1: Uh, uh, okay. I have to add one of them right now and I can change my mind later. You're saying you can always change your mind. Sure. Well, I didn't. I was. I didn't know the parameters. Okay. Um, I mean M- Mullins, I have as a sleeper hitter for this week, so whatever that's worth. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Mullins for me, for whatever that's worth. Okay.
2: He, I mean, this was a twenty to thirty steal guy in the minors, and I, I think there's something to him having abandoned the uh, switch hitting thing. I don't think you know he's not going to hit four hundred or five hundred or wherever he's at right now, but. You know, he, if he can hit 270 and steal 20 bases, there's a ton of value in that. Big F, but sure.
0: Yeah, I think it might just be as simple as Eduardo Escobar in a points league, Cedric Mullins in any type of categories format, but I, I do like both right now while they're swinging well. How about the Pirates, man? We always come on here and rag on the Pirates. Well, let's talk them up when they play well. Uh, Brian Reynolds had a four-hit game over the weekend. Uh, I think it was actually on Sunday. He's, he's now batting three twenty-four. He's 35% rostered. In deeper leagues, Philip Evans and Colin Moran are both playing pretty well. Evans has multiple hits in three of his last four games. He had three home runs in the past week. Colin Moran is striking out quite a bit, but he also has a fifty-six percent hard contact rate. So, uh, Scott, any, anything to see here? Brian Reynolds, Philip Evans, Colin Moran.
1: Well, Brian Reynolds, I, I think is pretty has a pretty good chance of bouncing back to what he showed in twenty nineteen. Maybe not. A batting average well over 300 but in the 290 to 300 range I think that's within his skill set and I think he deserves a pass for 2020 just like a lot of hitters do so yeah I see him as like a fringy Bix league option Evans is like I don't know If he keeps this up for another three to five days he's probably in the same realm that we're talking about Naquin right now Um. Because he's only he's hit three home runs, he's only struck out twice, and uh, I mean he, he's a decent hitter, decent enough hitter in the minors that you could see him be making something of himself in the majors. So I I saw him at it in a couple of those fifteen team leagues. I wasn't I didn't put it in a bid myself, but other people did. So I'm keeping an eye on him.
0: Yeah, I believe the Pirates play seven games this week too. A lot of teams play seven games, but. Uh, Yeah, I picked up Colin Moran in in a deeper 15-team league where I needed a corner infielder, and he's playing well right now. Uh, Chris, Wilson Ramos, I feel like, has been a favorite of yours forever. Like, you were, I don't know, I just kind of associate Wilson Ramos with you, and he's been really good thus far. He has four home runs and a a 90% hard contact rate with an average launch angle that nearly triples last year. Of course, ground balls have always been an issue for Wilson Ramos. He hits way too many of them. I, I don't know if it's actually changing, but... He looks good so far. He's 30% rostered. He has seven games this upcoming week. Would you drop someone like Sean Murphy, who's struggling mightily? Mitch Garver, he's not really struggling, but
2: would you drop Mitch Garver for Ramos? I, I think I would probably rather hold uh, Mitch Garver. I'm, I'm writing a like, hold or drop piece for a bunch of struggling players. And Mitch Garver is the hold for catcher. Carson Kelly's is a drop. I would drop Carson Kelly. I would drop Sha- Sean Murphy for Wilson Ramos. Just to highlight it, (laughs) Wilson Ramos has 14 batted ball events so far this season. (laughs) Uh, 11 of them, well, I guess this was coming into today. I don't know if it's been updated for whatever he did today, but coming into today, 11 batted balls over 95 miles per hour, which is less impressive than it would have been in past years because average exit velocity is up about a mile per hour overall, likely due to the changes in the ball. His average exit velocity is (laughs) 104.3. Among hitters with at least 10 batted ball events, that is five miles per hour nearly above Aaron Judge for number two. That is wild.
0: Wow. Imagine getting Aaron Judge at your catcher position. You could do that right now with Wilson Ramos.
2: Yeah, I don't think he's going to do that. (laughs) Probably uh, not. He was hitting for a consistent batting average for like three or four years before... Uh, things got really bad last season. Yeah, he was between 306 and 288 for four straight seasons before last year. So if all he does is that and hits 12 home runs, he's going to be a must-start catcher because that's what he was before last season.
0: Yeah, it's been a nice start for some of the veteran catchers. Yadier Molina has looked really good thus far as well. A few other deeper league names. Some hitters that might be available. Robbie Grossman is only 7% rostered. He's batting 227, but he has a 485 OBP. He hit his first home run over the weekend. He also has two steals. Zach McKinstry. I don't know what, where the Dodgers find these guys, but they do. They find them. And he went two for three with his second home run of the season. And he has started seven straight games for the Dodgers with Cody Bellinger on the IL and Mookie Betts banged up. Zach McKinstry, the name there, he's only 10% rostered. Tim LaCastro he went four for five on Saturday, picked up his second steal of the season, 7% rostered. Scott, anything to note uh, from Robbie Grossman, Zach McKinstry, Tim LaCastro?
1: I mean, the only one I even looked at in those 15-team leagues, which, again, is deeper than what most people listening play in, was LaCastro just because... I I I could hope he could give me some steals while Cattell Marte is sidelined. But even even in a league that deep with five outfield spots, it's still hard to devote a a lineup spot to a true one category specialist like that. So I didn't even put in a bid on him.
2: I I did put in bids on him in a couple of spots and you know, just to highlight it, thirty-one steals in 141 games at double A, 39 and 145 at triple A. 28 in 154 at in the majors. And that's only in 378 plate appearances. I would assume some came uh, as a pinch runner, but he could be a legitimate difference maker in stolen bases.
0: That is Tim LaCastro that we were talking about. He is rostered again in just 7% of CBS leagues. Let's do a quick velocity checks from some starting pitchers from over the weekend. And Charlie Morton, Now, through two starts, his velocity is basically back to 2019 levels when he was a top 10 starting pitcher in both formats, and he's also throwing his cutter so far, uh, throwing it more so far this season. Tyler Malley was at the Diamondbacks and on Friday. He threw four no-hit innings, four walks. Don't love that. Six strikeouts. He's averaging 95.3 miles per hour on his fastball. Last year, that was 93.9 for Tyler Malley. Michael Pineda. His fastball's down about one one and a half miles per hour from last year. Patrick Corbin, one that we're following closely. Uh, his fastball that, that,
1: wasn't, that wasn't like that for Pineda in his first start, by the way. And that was just yeah. a, a weird one-start dip for him.
0: Yeah. So, well, pay attention to the next one and, and see what happens with Pineda's velocity. Patrick Corbin, one that we're always following. Fastball velocity in his first start was basically the same as it was last season. Maybe that means it slowly ticks up, you know, the more that he throws, but so far so not good for corbin he allowed 600 yeah, runs it was really just third.
1: that last spring start which i we didn't have like stat cast data for i just watched some highlights and every fastball i saw him throw was 93 and it's like oh maybe i was uh maybe i was overreacting Hot to Corbin's spring velocity uh
2: yeah, chris they don't have guns in the stadiums anymore i don't
0: know I if mean, you knew that
2: in like 60 <laughs> percent of the Spring training stadiums, they do.
0: Uh, Clayton Kershaw out Max Scherzer on Sunday, and they both delivered quality starts. However, Max, uh, Max Scherzer averaged 92.8 miles per hour on his fastball compared to 94.4 in his first start of the season. Anything to see here, Chris?
2: Yeah, he was better in this start, and I think this start was uh, less promising than the first one. I don't think it's a, a huge concern, but yeah, anytime you're... You know, two miles per hour down from from where you've been uh, in the past, it's going to be a little concerning. Though, on the other hand, this is a very good Dodgers offense, and he's still got five strikeouts and allowed three hits in six innings. So, uh, I'm still very confident in Max Scherzer being very good moving forward. Let's do a quick to stream
0: or not to stream before we wrap up everything else that happened this weekend, which obviously we're not going to get to, but... Uh, To stream or not to stream, for Monday, Robbie Ray is going up against the Yankees. I kind of feel like you might just want to add him and and see what he becomes. He's 53% rostered. He's coming back from a bruised elbow that he suffered when he fell down the stairs.
2: In the leagues where I've got him on an IL spot, I'm leaving him in an IL spot, and I'll activate him next week. Usually when you're coming back from an injury, I want to see one start unless you're like a superstar
0: Makes sense, especially against the Yankees in Dunedin, which is known as a hitters ballpark. Martin Perez at Minnesota. Nope. No way. No way. Jay Happ at home against Boston. Nope. Nope. Trevor Cahill at home against the Padres.
1: Nope.
0: Justice Sheffield at Baltimore?
1: Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's better. How about on the other side? Dean Kramer against the Mariners.
2: Nah. Nah.
0: Dane See. Dunning at Tampa Bay.
2: Um
0: I kinda like so, it. So I kinda like him as a
1: the list. I kinda like him as a two start pitcher. I think the second start's Baltimore, but if you're just talking this one start alone, yeah. I'd rather not.
0: How is Tampa Bay doing against right handed pitching so far? Burp, burp, burp. They are twelfth and weighted on base average. All right, so they've they've been pretty good thus far. Uh who else do we have? Chase Anderson at the Mets? No. David Peterson hosting the Phillies. No, right. No. How no. about Huascar uh, Iñoa? No, brave legend going up against the Marlins. No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean it
2: is the Marlins, so yeah. I mean, you've <laughs> got to ask. Whenever it's the Marlins, you got to ask. They might like. They might score two runs. Adbert <laughs> uh, Alzalai at the Brewers.
1: Mm. So we're kind of like, there's kind of a Dunning line now, and I think that's below the Dunning line. <laughs> I think it might be above the Dunning
2: line. Okay, especially if Yellich isn't out there tomorrow. That's, no, that's a good point. That's fair, definitely
0: fair. How about John Gantz at home against the Nationals?
2: No. Mm-mm.
0: Casey Mize at the Astros?
1: Uh, no, I, I might want to play it safe with that one. I, He, he is a 2 start pitcher, and he's in my 2 start pitcher sleeper. He's in my sleeper pitchers column because of the two starts, but again, we're talking about a daily situation. I think it changes the math there.
2: I was wary of starting Frankie Montas against the Astros and uh, I have Montas higher than my, so I'll say no.
0: Alex Cobb at the Royals.
2: Nah, I mean, he's closer to the Dunning line.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to overreact to his first start, which I saw some reasons for optimism, but you know, he could turn back into a pumpkin in the second start. I know that happened. I can't remember what pitcher it was. It happened to some pitcher over the weekend. Can't remember who now.
0: Brady Singer versus the Angels at home?
2: No, no, I don't think that's a good matchup.
0: Tristan McKenzie is making his first start of the season. He's at the White Sox. I don't know if he's available, but would you start him there?
2: I would just, I would only expect he's going to throw three or four innings.
0: Okay. How about Wade Miley against the Giants or Aaron Sanchez on the other side hosting the Reds?
1: Not feeling it, Frank.
0: Not Not it. San- on it.
2: Sanchez, maybe. I, I definitely want to watch it. Um, you know, anytime they're pitching in San Francisco, you're gonna want to consider it.
0: All right. Well, there was a whole bunch of other stuff that happened this weekend. Is there anything that you guys would like to quickly highlight as we wrap up?
2: Uh Savale and Plezak both looked much better in their second starts. Um Byron Buxton is the best player in baseball. Stop uh, saying that. People are gonna start believing you. Wanted to, I mean, you know, <laughs> given his defense, he might be. Um, Michael Kopek looks amazing, and I wonder if at some point he's just going to be so good that he forces their hand and they consider stretching him out. Um, and uh, Trent Grisham was good. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, that's right. First three games. Yeah. Two homers, right? Yeah. Yeah, homers, he was. First two games back. Yep. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. He's yeah. not been anywhere near as good as Byron Buxton and oh, Ramon Loriano. Well, Ramon Loriano, by the way, stole four bases this week and has five steals.
0: Ramon Laureano. That's a great call because that, that guy is awesome right now. Uh, I do like that. Trent Grisham, is, just give him the same amount of games played as Buxton, and by the time we get there, I'm sure he's, you know, gonna be just as good, if not better.
2: So. Oh, you give me the same <laughs> amount of games on Byron Buxton versus Trent Grisham. There is no question Byron Buxton would be better. Oh right. There is no question in my mind. One of the home runs Trent Grisham hit was off of a lefty, Chris. Oh no no. I'm sure Byron Buxton's hit home runs off of lefties too. But he's a right He's right. got five of them, and they've uh, all been like a million miles long.
1: What do you got, Scott? Bueller. Is a yeah. concerning velocity case that you didn't bring up. Second straight start, velocity down about two miles per hour from last year. And the results have been good both times. He's gotten a quality start both times, which he never. I think he did once last year, but uh, yeah, I'm a little 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 bit of concern there. He.
2: This may be an exaggeration, but he might be close to having as many pitches with six innings as he did last year. I, I, think, he, he, he I think he has more. Has one more. Yeah. Yep, he had two. Uh, he also has one more pit uh, game started with at least 90 pitches.
0: Yes, Walker Bueller oh, has thrown exactly 90 pitches in each of his first two starts. He didn't hit that 90-pitch threshold until his fifth start last season. He didn't do that until his fourth start yep. back in 2019. Anything else you wanted to highlight, Scott?
1: No, I mean, Nick Pavetta had 16 whiffs in his start, four earned runs in six innings, but you know the whiffs were impressive. Something to keep an eye on there. Not making a move though. Uh, Taylor Trammell, homered Trammell. Sorry, Taylor Trammell homered in two yes. straight games after doing basically like his strikeout rate is through the roof. Sixteen and twenty-seven at bats, but um, you his know, there's God. probably there's probably okay. a path for Jared Kelnick even if it's not through uh through Trammell since uh. uh uh, I'm forgetting names. Jake Fraley's hurt. No. Yeah. I,
2: I will say, Tremel, he struck out a lot. His eye at the plate is really good, I think. Um, I think it's sort of like a he needs to be more aggressive kind of thing and maybe now that he's uh, hit a couple homers, he'll feel more comfortable doing that, but I have been really impressed by his ability to draw a walk. His, even though he's hitting really poorly, his on-base percentage isn't bad, I don't
1: think. He's up to like it's, almost an 800 OPS. It's something he always did in the minors yeah. too, draw walks. Mm-hmm. he
2: Yeah, I think he's pretty good. I don't know how good he'll be for fantasy, but I still think there's like 15-15 potential there, if not more. Shout out to Kyle
0: Seeger, who went 4 for 4 with a double dong on Sunday. I was surprised to see that he's already 87% rostered in CBS, so it's interesting with Kyle Seeger. And Ryan McMahon, last one I will bring up. Uh, He hit his fifth home run of the season on Saturday, and entering Sunday's action, McMahon had a 28.2 average launch angle. That's been right around 9 the last two seasons. So he's hitting way more line drives and way more fly balls, which is a good thing if you play in course Field. So maybe Ryan McMahon is breaking out.
2: May I add one more on that same note? Sure. It's right under the wire. Vladimir Guerrero's average launch angle is 16 degrees right now, uh, which is, I think it was 4.7 degrees last season. So that's exactly what we want. 16 degree launch angle for Vladimir Guerrero would be like ideal. Perfect. So even though he only has what, one home run? Uh, I I think he has as many steals as home runs.
0: I think he hit his second home run over the weekend.
2: Okay, yeah. So he's he's got two homers. Uh, He's crushing the ball right now. He he very much looks like the the guy we were hoping to see.
0: Vladimir Guerrero, let's do it. For Scott and Chris, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Baseball today. We'll be back again tomorrow. Bye-bye.